I need to cut the DoorDash bill down from like twice a day, every day to once a day. Doing it's that. like disturbing how much I spend on DoorDash. What's the, uh, what's the average looking like now? For DoorDash per day or like per me? I mean, per, let's just go per day. I'm, I'm easily spending probably $60 a day on DoorDash every single day. I don't want to, I like, <laughs> I kind of know what it is and I just don't want to know. I don't want to like say it. What is that? Like 20, 21,000 a year. Oh dude. Don't say the yearly. Now I feel like <laughs> fucking really bad. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to fix that. That's a problem. Even out there too, is just ordering shit. Actually, we did. We grilled one day. Made some steaks. That was good. What kind of steaks? I'm a ribeye guy. Yeah, same. Ribeye for me. She did strips. I just like it, like the like fatty, little, yeah. bit, little, way more tender. Ribeye is always favorite. If it's ribeye as an option, not even question it. Yeah. I like strips, but you know, there's sometimes that the strip just has like that that silver skin between that fat yep. cap, and it's just like inedible. You can't even eat the no, fat on yeah, the end of it because like you just get that chewy bit yeah. in between the fat and the meat. I know. I used to fuck with strips way back, but then like once I discovered like ribeyes, that's the move. Yeah, that's it. Every single time. Yeah, can't go wrong. No, it's funny because we're we're, we're, we're live. What were you going to say, though? Let's hear your steak talk. No, I was going to say that when I was growing up, so my mom was a vegetarian, and my dad just likes, like, thin steaks, cooked to shit, and all growing up, like, that was my reference for steak. And then, I don't know, at one point, I think it was probably going away to college and, like, friends being like, oh, let's go out to eat. And I discovered, like, thick, fatty steaks that are actually cooked properly. I was like, okay, this is is the way. How do you get it? How do I order my steak? If it's a ribeye, I usually go medium rare. If it's yeah. a fillet, I get rare. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a medium rare guy myself. Rare, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I could do rare too, but medium rare, I feel like perfect. And then I feel like anytime you go out to eat, they always fucking – they always overcook at one time anyway. You know uh, what I mean? Like I guess it depends where you go. Yeah, yeah. it depends. on I, Around here, yard house, you motherfuckers always overcook it. <laughs> but uh, all right, we're in it. Welcome to Happy Power. We have Sean Noriega. Coming in. He's been here a bunch of times, finally getting him on the podcast. You got friends in the area. That's why you're always up here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I visited a couple times for some of the events that you guys have had. Um, But this week, I was just like, all right, the weather's shit in Miami. A bunch of my friends had a free week. You know, I have people who live in Philly, some that are outside of Philly. So we just planned a week to train, go out to eat, all that sort of stuff. So came up for the week. Yeah, Florida again. Crushed right now. Hurricane, what, Ian? Ian, I think, yeah. Somebody was, like, saying something the other day about, like, they need to start naming hurricanes more aggressively. So that way people names. respect them. And Hurricane like, like, Debo. Hurricane Debo. And, like, <laughs> everyone's like, I'm out. Like, nobody's yeah. fucking around trying to play with Hurricane Debo. Hurricane Ian, you're like, eh. I think How I got it. Yeah, you're like, I got a kayak. Like, yeah. All right, we're kicking it off finally, too. We're going to just do a little shot. It's a little early, so we're not going to get too crazy. But It's almost 5 o'clock. We're it fine. is. Yeah, that's true. It is, for Friday, it's actually, like, we're late. We're late to the party. <laughs> Big Scotch guy. Yeah, so we got some Johnny Walker Blue Label. Shout out to Brad, my client, for giving me this bottle. It's way too expensive. I would never buy it. But it's delicious. That's why it's almost gone. Thank God I got my training done already. Yeah. See, I have – actually, we're going to – work. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving up a weight class. The extra weight will, will suppress oh, man. this. We're at the, really, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, We're going to have to get into that. All right. Is that a shot? It's Ish. like the video, two shots of vodka. 
Cheers, brother. brother. That's delicious. Dude, I love scotch. You ever have uh, Laphroaig? I'm a big, like, peaty scotch guy. Like, it just tastes like a bonfire. Okay. Very smoky scotches I'm a fan of. Like, bourbon doesn't I feel like I did have that one. I think we did. David, do you remember that one? It literally was like a fucking campfire in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 what, what is it called again? Lafroig. Maybe admit, that might have been it, but like I was probably just saying it wrong this whole time. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I think if if it wasn't that one, we have had a few of recent that were also gifts that yeah, very smoky. Yeah, those are good. Those are like when you first. I feel like it's like one of those times where you take a sip, you're like eh, but like as you continue to kind of let those taste buds develop a little yeah. bit. It hits. Now, the, the sweet stuff, the fruity stuff doesn't really no, do yeah, for me I'm, at No, yeah, I've all. never been a sweet. I mean, I, I personally, if it was up to me, I'd probably be more of like a, I'm more bourbon. Gotcha. I like, I like that bite, you know, like the Maker's Mark's probably my go-to. Mm-hmm. But of recent, you know, been getting into some of the Johnny Walker, you know, what was the other one that we had? McAllen's. Um, McAllen's, yeah. That was one. I had a few of those. Those are incredible. There was another one somebody got me. It was remember it was like that. What was it like? Uh, something I don't know if it was like cast in Cuba or something. I don't know. It was, no, this was this was like a, a scotch. This was like a scotch whiskey. Damn! Literally got it. Somebody bought it for me. Another person ended up gifting it to me like a week later. I had two bottles at one point. We we crushed it. Anyway, yeah, I like scotch. Scotch, <laughs> scotch, scotch. But, yeah, let's jump right into the fucking weight class thing. Yeah, man, let's do it. So you're 83 forever. Yep. You know, and I guess what? This past year for uh, USAPL, 181, right? Yep, they, they change it back to the, the normal weight class, the yeah. 182 point, or the 181.8 class, yeah. And then now going up to 198. Yep. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, I've, I've been powerlifting for almost 10 years now, um, and I've been the same body weight since I was like 17 years old. And I mean, this is a super hard decision for me to make in general, just because like, I want to win the 82s really badly. Um, and you know, I've been, I believe I've been strong enough to do so. And I'm just, I don't compete well, you know what I mean? It's just like, I have tons of seven for nine meets, which, you know, against lifters like Russ is just not going to get it done. If you make all your lifts, you're going to be the better lifter. Right. Um, so that's been a, that was a hard decision to make, but the reason I'm, I'm going up is I've been this body weight since I was 17, right? And like I've recomped really well throughout this whole process, but I want to get bigger strength-wise. I want to, you know, or I want to get bigger muscle-wise. I want to get stronger. Um, and basically, I see it kind of as a win-win because I feel like with how long I've been at this weight class, and just looking at people over the years who have been, you know, muscularly mature for a while, mm-hmm. are lean, and have been the same weight. When they move up, they blow up. You know, I think of guys like. Charlie Dixon, I think of guys like, you know, uh, Marcus Adudu, I think of Jamar Royster, all guys who once they bit the bullet and went up a class, they saw massive progress on all of their lifts. And I think that placing wise, after, you know, six, eight months of sitting at that weight class, I'll probably be in contention just as I was in the 82s. Um, So that's the plan with weight class. I mean, 
the way that I see it as well is, you know, let's say I get to that June, July mark where it's like, all right, we're starting prep and I'm not quite where I want to be, you know, worst case scenario, I cut back down and I'm worst case in the exact same spot I would have been every other year, which is you're strong enough to win, but you have to make your lifts. And, you know, I have to make my lifts no matter what weight class I compete in. Yeah. So that's always going to be the obstacle, but you know, I'm excited for the, for the new challenge. You know, Petrie is obviously from a, from a dot standpoint, a more impressive lifter than everyone except Ashton and Bob. Mm. So it's not like I'm, you know, moving to an easier weight class no, by yeah. any means. Um, but I welcome the challenge. I hope one day, you know, I hope Russ makes the move up to the weight class eventually considering he spends most of his year at that weight class anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I'm surprised he's been able to kind of get down there. I feel like, I mean, then again, I mean, he's, he, you know, you're, Russ is even a little shorter. Like he's, yeah, I have like you have a couple inches, inches on maybe him, three right? Inches on him, yeah. So that's like the one thing is like, he is just so fucking jacked, but yeah. he's also a little shorter. So, you know, I, I'm sure it's not that difficult for him to get to that, yeah. you know, even 181 mark. But I mean, he's he's definitely muscle mass wise, way ahead of most of the other competitors no, in that class. Absolutely. So, and I mean, I feel like of late, you have also started to kind of prioritize like more accessories. I've been seeing like, yeah. you know, looking jacked. You I know what I mean? You, looking way more jacked. <laughs> like going back to like, you know, I've I've known you for shit i don't know like you you were we did the arnold together like you, five six years ago yeah, yeah it was it's it's been you're one of the first people that i kind of remember seeing like regularly like yeah you know what i mean all the big meets nationals arnold nationals arnold and uh yeah i mean you've definitely put on size and for you to stay in that same weight class i'm i'm i'm, I'm definitely excited to see what will happen if you kind of now you're like all right the new caps 198 let's see what happens yep. like fuck i like who knows like squat like i feel like squat when guys get a little extra little extra yep. meat on their bones like yep. squat can go crazy i mean even like even even bench like i feel like bench like if i'm up five pounds i feel twice as strong yeah. you know what i mean i don't know if that's how you've been i've just noticed like my bench actually is probably the one that fluctuates or like i feel a biggest the biggest difference in yep so it'll be yeah it'll be wild because i feel like when you're in your off season where are you typically sitting at so i would say for most of my powerlifting career i've spent off seasons at like 190 but in the past year and a half i've you know been the strongest i've been but also the lightest like i've just spent more time walking around like 187 mm -hmm. 188 which is like a very manageable cut and has been like leaner than I've walked around in, in recent years. So it's not an issue of like having trouble making the weight class. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's just more so wanting to actually grow because I've just been at this class for so long. And it's, it's at the point now where like all the bodybuilding stuff that I've been doing has paid off physique wise, but I think it's just because it's very novel stimulus. Mm -hmm. Once it gets to the point where I'm habituated, it's like, all right, there's, there's no more growth that's really gonna happen. Um, and I think that that strategy, you know, like if we, if we talk about Russ, for example, it's like, you know, he spends most of his training year at, at 200 pounds. It's like, yes, it is a, a big cut to make, but it's if you're moving up for, you know, eight, nine months of the year and, you know, accruing tissue or getting a little bit stronger and you're able to maintain two to three percent of it, you know, when you make the diet back down, it's like you're net positive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I, I truly believe that I'll be in contention as a 90 just because of what I expect to see improve upon on each of the lifts. But you know, worst case scenario, I make the decision to come back down, mm -hmm. you know, if, if that's the point that I come to and hopefully be net positive. And if worst case scenario, just exactly where I would have been had I stayed in the class the whole time. Yeah. So, 
plan is to stay USAPL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any uh, any consideration powerlifting America? No, no, it doesn't entice me at all, honestly, man. I mean, the thing has always been, and even before powerlifting America became a thing, you know, people just talking about like, okay, do you do you want to go to IPF World? It's like if I win, I'm gonna, you know, if I won the weight class any of those prior years, I would have gone because that's you know one something I've earned and two just the next logical progression of when to compete. But the IPF has just never enticed me. I did Worlds once in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, one, it's boring. But even if it weren't boring, like, powerlifting is very objective from a ranking standpoint. Like, the best 83s, now that Gibbs is gone, are in the U.S. Yeah. You know, like, this year, the, the world champion, you know, Delaney won uh, IPF Worlds. 802, that would have been, like, the fifth place total in USAPL Nationals. Yeah. Right? So it's like, you know... Am I going to make the switch over to PLA and then, you know, call myself a world champion, let's say, if I win and then get out totaled by, you know, one or two people on the U.S. side? It's like, OK, what is what does this really mean? You know, yeah. um, and I think a lot of people overstate like the oh, it's worlds, the travel, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, it's not it's not that serious. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're at nationals and you get, you know, there's a good chance you're going to get strict judging. You know, I think of guys like like Polly Steinman or any of those types of judges, it's like, it's the same caliber shit. Like they're all cat one or whatever the qualification is to be a ref at worlds. Anyway, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't fucking matter in my no, opinion. Yeah. I would imagine it's pretty much the same standard and it's just, yeah, I mean, IPF worlds, I don't know. I feel like they could do better just promoting it, maybe adding some excitement to it. Like I just yeah, feel I mean, like it just from a product standpoint, I am much more in line with the direction USAPL wants to take it versus yeah. what the IPF is doing. So you ever think about doing any of the other big meets? Like now you have like some of like the, the untested stuff. No, it doesn't. Honestly, it doesn't entice me. Um, you know, I like, I like my power bar for all three lifts. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like I'm not, I mean, I'll be honest with myself, right? It's like, I'm not Ashton where I can contend against untested guys where that's actually uh, an incentive to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause Ashton can go in and say like, Oh, I'm going to beat all of these untested guys for the overall. It's like, I know I'm not going to do that, right? Yeah. And I don't necessarily care to go and place, you know, fifth overall or whatever it might be at a meet where, you know, I'm doing a 24-hour weigh-in, so I don't even have a way to compare that to previous meets. Mm -hmm. We have a deadlift bar. You know, it just it's just, there's no reference for me for what it would be relative to other performances. Be like, yeah. okay, cool, I did that. Did I get stronger? Is it just the bar? Is it the weigh-ins? You know, the weigh-ins. Have you ever done a 24 hour weigh-in? My first few meets I did. So the, yeah, the first meet that I ever did was an IPA meet, which was okay, like, yeah, an, yeah, yeah. at the time was like all multiply. <laughs> yeah. and I was like the only raw lifter in that meet. Cause it was just by my house. And my friend was like, Oh, you should do a powerlifting meet. Um, and then the next two meets I did were like USPA and RPS. Cause at the time it was like 2013. There was just not really any USAPL anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I think the only place USAPL was like consistently running was like Colorado, California, whatever. So. Same thing. Yeah, my first two RPS, just all I knew. That's yeah. all I see. I seen like guys in the gym with RPS shirts. I'm like, ah, oh, this is where you compete in powerlifting. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't know any better. I don't even know when I first seen USAPL. But uh, well, actually, I do know. It was when they had the Scranton Nationals. Yeah. So like, it was coming to PA, and I was like, oh shit, like I gotta, gotta do this. Gotta do that. Yep. So. Yeah, it's uh, always interesting, though. I mean, yeah, seeing some of the guys that have kind of, like, crossed over from, you know, USAPL even back before and then even competing in some of these, like, you know, you got WRPF now and USPA, some of yeah. these bigger meets. 
it's always fun to kind of see some of that crossover. That's why I was like interested to see if you had ever thought about it. But at the same time, I, I get it. It's like you're at a disadvantage. Like, you know, if it's untested, there's no way around it. You're at a disadvantage. Even yeah. if you're with a top natural guys, like, yeah, there's an Ashton probably go in there, hold his own against anyone. Yeah. You know, Bob, but uh But even then it's like even from the non competitive perspective, like there's nothing about doing one of those meets that feels um like I'd be achieving something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just like I said, it's such a different standard. The equipment's different where yeah. I haven't used it long enough to have any sort of reference with previous performances to say, okay, I you know, I topped one of my better performances of the past. It's like, no, I didn't, because it's just not it's comparable. Yeah. Exactly. You uh, you ever play around with deadlift bar? No, no. I mean, I like I said, I used it back in the day when like that's what powerlifting was. It's yeah. just like you know, use a deadlift yeah. bar. Um, I don't like it to be that's honest. That's how with I you. am. That's why I tell everyone. I'm like, I fucking hate the deadlift bar. Like, yeah. I I like a power bar, like for deadlifting. And if it was up to me too, I just wish like. I wish powerlifting would just kind of unify at least on equipment. You know what I mean? Like, let's just all use a power bar. You know yeah. what I mean? Just make that. Like, a basketball is a basketball no matter where you go. <laughs> yeah. Why can't we do that with a fucking bar? Because, like, you know, yeah, it's, like, fun, I guess. It's like, deadlift bars. They like, it, It's, like, I guess fun. It's different when you're using it. But at the end of the day, it's, like, I just hate how there's the inconsistency across the board. Like, yeah. this fed's using this. Now there's different deadlift bars. So now there's yeah, like. Now you have that kabuki one yeah, that just bends to hell. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, it's like I can appreciate what they're trying to do, but at the same time, I just like consistency. Mm -hmm. So. No, I got you. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I don't really see it changing anytime soon, but. No, definitely not. I remember when. There was a point in time where like the USAPL was kind of on everybody's shit list. Um, I forget what it was, but it was a few years ago where people were just annoyed with something that happened. And USPA at the time was out, uh, was rolling out their drug tested um, division, division yeah. right? And I think me and a couple other people had reached out to Denison. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, do, are you thinking about potentially, you know, making the drug tested division two hours or making the drug tested division one bar? And he was like, nope. Like we're gonna preserve everything USAPL or USPA has done you know, across the board. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, for those of us who had asked that question, we're just like, all right, like that's, that's an easy no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's always kind of tough too. Um, sometimes some of the people that are in charge of these federations, I feel like they're like very hard to convince to maybe try something new or yeah. look, at least consider something new. I mean, I've, I've, I've kind of developed a pretty good relationship with some of the USPA guys I haven't really talked to Steve a whole lot here and there, maybe an email, but like Tyler, who's kind of taken over as like marketing. Gotcha. He's like their marketing, social media, he's kind of handling all that stuff. I've met with him with us doing the media for this last nationals. And we also just got into like some of the feedback from nationals, from the lifters. And it's like, yeah. you know, some ways that they can improve, like maybe adding like a prime time. Like I thought that was always one of USAPL's like big draws, right? Like yep. you could go to nationals, which is cool, but you can also potentially get to prime time which is like the showcase right that's yep. like that's where the top dogs are going to those prime time sessions like whenever i'd be at the raw nationals like it would be rare that i would go to a session that i didn't have somebody competing in but like those i would go to because it was just hype it's yep. fun to watch like you like you and russ compete like that like fucking you know that high level competition anyone could appreciate that and like that was that next level, yep. you know, product value on like actually, you know, putting on a showcase. And, that's, al just and that's always the, the, 
I think the appeal that USAPL has over every other federation is that you have intra weight class head to head. Yeah. It's like that does not exist on the tested no, side. It's like you have, you know, you go by dots or Wilkes or whatever, but it's just, it's not the same in my opinion yeah. when you have so many lifters in every weight class. Cause the membership is just so high mm-hmm. to be able to have like neck to neck head to heads across genders, across weight classes. Yeah. That makes it so much more entertaining in my yeah. opinion. That's what's going to bring more people in, even just like eyes. That's also going to want to, that's going to be what, you know, makes somebody want to switch maybe from one fed to another. You know I mean? That's why USAPL, I think is still the biggest federation. I mean, I would imagine membership yeah, wise, so. they the have to be still. Ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just, you know, but like I, you know, talk with Tyler with the USPA, he's definitely like open to that. He's, you know, he's a little bit more, I feel like in tune with what's really going on in the, in the, you know, powerlifting community. And those are definitely things like he's trying to push to some of those, you know, the president, the top, the top guys who kind of have the final say. So it'd be interesting to see kind of how some of these other federations adapt or don't, you know what I mean? Some of them, I don't think they will, to be honest with you. I feel like things are kind of, you know, the USAPL powerlifting America thing is kind of a a weird divide that I don't know, at some point might get rectified, might not be, but the federation divide on tested and untested, I don't, I don't really see changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of tough. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, wh- when is uh, when is USAPL Nationals this coming year? So it's going to be in September next year. This okay. past year it was in June because they were just like, all right, let's make it at the same time as IPF Worlds to say, like, go fuck yourself. We put yeah. on the better event. Um, but next year they moved it to September. So we have, like, a whole year until next one. Yeah, I was going to say that's quite a while. Yep. Um, so we also got to talk a little bit about, you know, the Nori brand. Yep. Notice that the – Merch game has been improving, seeing more of it, seeing just – you could just tell. More, more kind of emphasis going into that. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of, like, led – because, like, obviously, you know, there's a ton of lifters. It's rare that you see, like, a lifter actually kind of, like, take that next step or go the direction of, like, now we're going to create a business out yep. of it. Because I feel like, you know, you started lifter. Obviously, coaching came naturally after that. Yep. Seen, like, kind of expanded that. Now you got the brand, like – What's the progression? Where do you see it all going? Yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, this is something, objectively speaking, I want I want to be huge. I really, really do. Um, and the reason is, you know, I, to just give like a very brief background, you know, I went to school for, for engineering, but my natural inclination has always been more on the creative side. Like one of my passions growing up was acting. Yeah. So I'm very into expression, art, creativity, all that sort of stuff. And... You know, when I left the science field, I started coaching as a full-time thing. Um, that's been my, my main source of income and where most of my time goes into. You know, coaching is, has been on cruise control for a very long time. You know, I have five coaches who work underneath me. My roster is full, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, coaching is a full-time thing. But at the same time, I have not felt, or prior to starting this business, had not felt, like, creatively stimulated at all. Like, there was, an, there was a, a void and an outlet that I needed to put myself into. And I've always been into art. I've always been into fashion. Not in the, I, I, don't, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes, but I've always appreciated that thing. And, and there are a ton of people that I've seen over the years who kind of come in, they try to start an apparel thing, and then they just kind of give up fizzles on it. It fizzles out, yeah. out, whatever. That happens all the fucking time. Yeah. Right? And for me, during the COVID year, that was when I brought on my coaches, and that was also when I was like, okay, I'm going to work with an actual brand designer and start figuring out what kind of message and values I want to convey. Like, let's do that first and try to figure out some sort of clear branding. And then from that, start selling apparel. Um, 
you know, I'm coming up on, on two years of it now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been fairly successful. You know, I think the biggest thing that's held me back that I've tried to prioritize a lot more lately is just marketing. You know, that's personally not my forte at all. I have no experience in that regard. Can't be bothered to do it. It doesn't interest me. So like I've brute forced everything. A lot of it has been built off of just my name, my person, Mm -hmm. which in the initial phases of starting things is great because everyone's like, okay, I know who you are. I want to support you. But I'm sure as you know, like the brands that are successful, when you think of a brand, you think of the brand, you don't think of the person behind it. You know, you think of uh, Alpha Elite, Young LA, Gymshark, even, even your stuff. It's like, the, the face is not the first thing that comes to mind. It's yeah. the brand. And I find that with myself, my face is the primary thing that comes to mind. And that's extremely limiting, yeah. right? It's extremely limiting in how much reach you can have, how much you can sell. So as of late, the focus has been bringing people on as creative directors, trying to do marketing much better. Um, and this past launch that I did a couple of weeks ago, it went much better than, yeah. than previous ones I had. Um, and that's kind of the, the direction I'm taking it. Like I'm very confident from a from a creativity standpoint from an actual artistic standpoint that what we're making is good mm-hmm. it's just it needs to be promoted more widely yeah i mean i, I think you'll you'll agree like merch is hard yeah the, the apparel game creating a brand like especially like in today's world where everyone has a brand yep it's hard like it, it i and you mentioned it too you're like you know everyone has a brand and it's like you know most of the time those people Actually, I wouldn't even say most of the time, you know, in most cases where there is success, there is at least like somebody behind the brand like yourself, where it's like you're an established, you know, figure in the market, right? Powerlifting, fitness, even we can kind of just even, you know, bigger, bigger picture, even like fitness, right? Powerlifting is more so the niche, but, you know, it does get tough after a while because it's kind of like literally like what you just said was like, I was like replaying exactly what happened with like myself it's like i just did like the whitney strength performance thing like start off get it to my clients i don't know i didn't really necessarily think too much of it as like a brand it was Mm -hmm. more so like creating some merch then i noticed there was like some demand like people wanted more shirts they wanted this they wanted that so i'm like all right like maybe we do something with this merch game and you know kind of trying to create more of a brand that's kind of like the birth of power build it was like i know like People are like, nobody's going to want to, like, it, you know, say David didn't know me. He's not going to wear a Whitney Strength performance shirt. Like, yep. it's fucking weird. Like, they don't know. Like, he wouldn't know. Maybe even if he thinks the shirt's cool, it's just like, I don't know, what's Whitney Strength performance if they don't know me? You know what I mean? Yep. So that's where kind of, like, the branding comes into play. And I think that you've done a great job, though. Like, you started with, like, the Nori thing, and I feel like that's kind of the brand, right? But, like, the no, the no bad days, the why not us, right? You do that. Like, yep. those are all kind of, like, mottos that anyone could kind of like attach themselves to so that i know you said like the marketing thing's not your thing but you're you're getting it you know i mean it's definitely like i can see the progression already which is pretty cool because a lot of brands don't get that you know i mean like some most people would just be like put nori on this put nori on that you know i mean it's like sure your clients are going to probably eat it up like they're going to buy all all the all the things that you produce but eventually if you want to kind of like create that brand that's going to live on its own which is always like my thing trying to create something that like if nobody knows who's behind it that would be great for me yep i would love that um but at the same time you got to stay involved like because there was there was a while and i was just talking about this with the last podcast that we did uh one of the co-founders of fuel hunt i don't know if you're familiar with that brand what what is it fuel hunt that's the brand okay way more popular in like mma gotcha like 
they literally sponsor like Sean Brady. He's like one of the top guys. He's like from the Philly area. Okay. Um, lot of, they have a lot of top fighters now that they work with. And um, like literally, it's a seven-figure business. Like they started it in 2018, I believe. Um, but they really kind of like got the ball rolling like over COVID. Like yep. that's when they kind of like got their shit together. It's kind of when things started leveling up. Seven-figure business now. Like, And it's just, you know, they they just created that. They have like that, even the brand name for them, Fuel Hunt. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're the type of person that like kind of has that mentality, like you know what that means. It, you can you can kind of attach yourself yep, to it. So exactly, and that's even one of the things that we've been trying to work on is a little bit more is like having. I feel like our brand name is kind of like it's it's good. It kind of has like it's definitely like getting established, but it's like we almost need more like you know, more of like kind of like a mission statement, a, a motto, you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like we're, we're always kind of working on like, do we have that? We have a couple things that we use, but like, do we have like the, the statement, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's kind of like ever evolving, but I do think, you know, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, like, you know, I, I could, I have good ideas, I think, but I'm not like, I can't like, make it come to life like david can or sue can you know yeah. what i mean so i know you said you got like real graphic designer like you got to kind of like you got to know where to outsource for those type yeah. of things no and absolutely yeah it's 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 interesting it's it's kind of like where like i've found my more passion going like i you know lifting i, lo I love lifting and powerlifting is amazing but like I almost like, and I say this like more so my close friends but it's like i feel like like i'm playing a different game now like yeah. I love lifting, but like, to be honest, like I don't give a shit to be like the top guy. Like, I, I mean, I want to be competitive. Who doesn't? But it's, uh, it's it, the game of like business and like creating something bigger than yourself. That's been like the passion. That's like, yeah. the, that's like the, the focus right now. So it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's, it's wild. No, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's like I said, the, the, the creativity aspect of things, it just, you know, having like concrete results, you know, you're a coach as well, so I'm sure you understand. It's like being able to take someone to a high level, you know that your programming works by these objective measures, right? Either by increases in total or placing or whatever. That's very satisfying in the very, you know, like engineering brain that, that I have, right? It's mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm doing things right. Like this is objectively the right input that's giving us this desired output. But like I said, my more natural inclination has always been more toward that expression and, and creativity based stuff. And I like being able to share messages and, and have people, you know, um, abide by them and they like representing them. Like I love, I'm sure you feel the same. You love seeing people wear your shit. It's yeah. just like, it's not just like, Oh, that's mine. It's like, okay, you, you resonate with the message and the goal of the branding mm -hmm. and you in your heart of hearts believe that, you know, you have the conviction to say that I believe this message is a good way to live your life and carry yourself. So when you see other people do that, you're like, okay, like I'm people, other people are on the right track as well. Yeah. You know, you're doing something bigger than just like an apparel company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, absolutely kind of building, building a community, bringing people together for the right reasons you know what i mean yeah that's yeah that's i agree i feel like same thing yeah like coaching obviously you get that there's a a very um rewarding feeling when you like have a client you know especially if you can be there at the meet see them do well see that progression that they've had from one meet to the next seeing them ecstatic like that's cool as shit like yep love that that's why like you know i i feel like i would never stop doing that but at the same time like it's just a 
little bit different when you're like creating kind of something from scratch, yep. seeing that kind of grow. Definitely cool. One of the coolest things is always like whenever people tag us like in other gyms wearing like our stuff. I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. I'm like, I don't know. There's like fucking Texas somewhere wearing our stuff. Like, yeah. And they're like pumped to just be like wearing that in their gym. So it's always cool. Like seeing that more and more, even like some people in like other countries, like yeah. that's like, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, this person just from like the Netherlands is wearing ours, like wants yeah. to wear our stuff. I'm just like, it's like, I'm almost like, it's crazy. I don't know. It's like, that's probably one of the coolest feelings as well. So yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it'd be cool to see how, uh, you know, how everything continues to expand. You're clearly on the right track, you know, and we we're working on something now, hopefully January, we'll be able to put something together, an event here at KOP, I know we want to get like the merch involved. We want to have some coaching involved. I'm excited for that. Obviously, yep. we don't have anything. Uh, we don't have any details for you guys, but a little teaser. January. Yep. Make sure you are on the lookout. Stay tuned. We're gonna get Sean back here. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do something fun. Yeah. Now, for for everybody listening, we're looking to get some sort of event set up. It'll have, you know, all different elements to it for people to lift to you know just hang out with other people, vendors, instructional stuff trying to make a whole you know comprehensive event yeah. out of the thing so no i think it'll be sick i'm excited for it yeah i'm excited always always bigger and better events on the way yep definitely like the idea of kind of like um you know starting to implement some of the seminar aspect you know getting the brands out here it's always cool having good brands that we also support we always try and do that get other vendors out here yep um other thing i wanted to talk about too because i kind of just came across it you have a whole other instagram and it's like all food. Yeah. Yeah. So what you got going on there? Yeah. So I started an Instagram um, a few months back, probably like, I don't know, maybe four months back, let's say, uh, called Nori.plate. And for the past, like a little over a year, I mean, I've also, to backtrack, I've been like tracking macros and tracking my food longer than I've even been lifting because mm -hmm. I was, I was overweight as a kid, not like terribly so, but like. I wanted to be lean, you know, you want to look good for girls, all that oh, sort of yeah, stuff, yeah. right? It's like, I wanted to get in shape. And the first course of action for that alongside making my way, navigating the gym, having no fucking idea what I was doing was to learn how to eat properly and, and track calories and all that sort of stuff. Um, but in the past, you know, year and a half, I've really made it a point to like really, really tighten up on, on whole food sources, um, pretty much as the exclu exclusively uh, my diet. And, you know, we were talking before this, this podcast about how you're like, okay, I need to get to the grocery store more. I'm like a middle-aged woman and how excited I get to go grocery oh, shopping. Really? Like, dude, I, when I can find like, just like good quality food in the store and I come home and I put it all on my like kitchen Island, I'm like, oh my God, let's fucking go. <laughs> I love cooking. I love eating. And like, people have asked me all the time, just like what my diet is like. And, you know, a couple of years back, I worked with Alberto Nunez on my diet yeah. from like a more bodybuilding perspective. So just like very high carb, low to moderate fat, very frequent meal timing. And that was really successful for what the purpose was, which is performance, but kind of trying to hone in more on the health aspect of things in the past year and a half, you know, people have a lot of questions like, what is it that you're, that you're eating? So, um, I started this page just to document, you know, what I'm eating every day. Yeah. And, you know, at some point I would definitely like to, you know, um, you know, get one of those like 
fucking stupid headsets and and or you know for the camera and yeah. record everything as I'm making it and, oh, man. and turn it into some sort of like higher you know well produced uh, Instagram YouTube page series or something YouTube man. exactly um, but yeah man I just I love food I love food I love you know eating well and I love cooking for people as well yeah. so it's just always been a, a passion of mine yeah no you probably honest something there I feel like people love watching other people cook food and eat and eat yeah, yeah. what is it's that weird mukbang yeah i'm like i can't watch a, that it makes no, me uncomfortable dude, like, i don't want to watch that's like that's why like when i was like when somebody brought that up it's like that's a big thing i was like especially since the culture of it is like the asmr aspect like actually listening to the people eat yeah like they they mic them up and they're just like slurping on See, fucking like, noodles yeah, yeah. and like biting, <laughs> yeah. biting fish's heads off and shit yeah. it's like this is not I, I don't get it but People are definitely into that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think I think it's cool. That you even have like the the Instagram now, but uh, dude, and it's it's like it's so low effort, and it is done better than both our coaching team's page and my apparel page. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, it's like I'm taking like these iPhone pictures of my food every day, and it I has know. like five thousand followers. I'm like, this is bullshit. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's like some sometimes you're like something you're not even trying that has the most success. Like, yeah. But you know, might be a good indicator that you're on to something there. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good. I mean, I, I I always appreciate like a good like YouTube video or somebody's making something, seeing the end product. Mm -hmm. I wish I was into cooking a little more. Like I'm the guy that's like, all right, what can I make that's gonna give me like the most meals with the least amount of time put yeah. into it? Yeah, I'm literally making like ground beef, ground turkey. I'm throwing like a can of Rotel in. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> We're no, good. We, we got vegetables. We got protein. Like, yeah. Yeah. I got to get, I got to, I got to correct that. Yeah. No, I was definitely that way. So like after I graduated college, I worked a year at the uh, NIH cause I was going to go to medical school. So like I was on just like very normal people hours, obviously had to go to work. So the convenience factor was something that I had to prioritize. And now, you know, sure. I waste a ton of time cooking every mm -hmm. day. Um, but since I coach full time, it's like, I have my own hours. It's, and it brings me a lot of like joy to be able to cook quality food. So yeah. it's a, it's, a, you know, an opportunity cost that I'm willing to take. Um, like there's a guy that I, so like if, if I go on my TikTok, like my algorithm is like all golf and food. So like <laughs> there's a guy that I follow who just like cooks through the, do you know what the French laundry is? No. It's like a very like luxury restaurant in like, uh, like Napa Valley, California. Okay. And it's like all like like Michelin star, like small plated, like very delicately yeah. constructed food. And there's this just regular dude who's like making his way cooking through the French Laundry cookbook. And like, I'm like, I want to do that. I'm yeah. like, I want to just spend like eight hours cooking some <laughs> random bullshit one day. Damn. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I mean, I don't like again, like, I wish I was into it a little more, but mm -hmm. I can always appreciate it. You know, when you see somebody making like some banging meals. Yeah. But yeah, no, the nutrition aspect's huge. Um, want to get into some of these questions too. We usually do like a little Instagram, get some of the followers on the Instagram, some input here. What we got, hopefully something. Where are we at? I also want to talk about like, Wow. How'd you end up in Florida while well, I'm trying to get to these? Well, I had been planning to move to Miami uh, for a while anyway. Yeah. Um, I moved in February. I, so after I worked at the NIH, I had moved back home to New York because I was actually going to pursue acting. 
Yeah. You know, I'd mentioned that I was going to go to uh, Strasburg, which is like a method acting school in New York City. And I had applied, I'd gotten in, but with COVID, they like shut it down. So during that whole year, I was like, well, there's no school going mm -hmm. on. I was like, where can I, how can I leverage the, the environment that I have right now? Like, what can I do? Yeah. Um, and that's when I just doubled down on, on the coaching, hired, you know, the coaches that I did started working on the apparel and I had already been planning on moving to Miami, you know, at this point anyway. So yeah. it was just a matter of like, I need to get into nice weather. I need to get out of home because I was living, you know, I was living back home mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, you just, you, you kind of get comfortable living yeah. at home. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. No. You know, after yeah. COVID was over, it was like, all right, that's the, that's the grace period I had after that. It's, it's done. So, yeah. Know? No, I think even just like getting outside of your comfort zone, which most, you know, most of us where we grew up, that's kind of the comfort zone. I feel yep. like even though you were already doing a lot of really cool things, having success, it's like getting outside of that, being around different people, just being in a different environment. I mean, even just like with the, the clothing brand, like I feel like since you've been down there, it seems like things have kind of like started to evolve a little bit. You yep. know what I mean? I feel like you kind of like think, think a little differently, think outside the box. Um, you're, you train down at uh, like the Ghost Gym. Yeah, I see you at a couple different gyms, but yeah, I split I split most of my training between Ghost and there's a gym called uh, Paradise in Pinecrest, Miami. It's like a very similar uh, culture to here in that it's like power building. It's, yeah, you know, like one side of the gym. It's it's more delineated than this place is, but it's like one side of the. It's basically a big rectangle. Mm -hmm. so one side is all powerlifting. There's like a cardio section in the middle, and then like the far the you know, most far right side of the gym is just like all bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a really cool environment, tall ceilings, like in here, yeah. you know, you finish your squat bench or deadlift and you get to go to a completely different side of the gym yeah. and just, you know, get after your bodybuilding stuff, yeah. which is in my opinion, just a lot better. You know, I think of some of the smaller, like powerlifting specific gyms I used to train at. It's like, all right, I finished squats. Let me walk three feet over to the rinky dinky lat pull down in the corner. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just no. not as exciting. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, although I can always appreciate the small powerlifting gyms, like Conchi is pretty much that, you know what I mean? And uh, But I've always also wanted to – this is kind of like the main goal. This is yep. like the vision. And, like, if I was going to create a gym, wanted to do something like this where you can do, you know, all of the powerlifting things, all the best comp equipment, but then you also go to the other side and, all right, now I can get after it with all of the bodybuilding pieces, yep. the machines, like just – have a little more space, like you got mirrors. Like I, I just, the, the experience is a little bit different than sometimes when you, like, I know exactly what you mean though. Like some of the gyms, like they got all their combo racks and then there's like this like small room with like a lap pull down cable yep. machine and like maybe a few dumbbells and uh, nothing wrong with that. You know, Conchi, we have, we had some of, I mean, I still love it. I love training over there. Sometimes. I mean, you, like, to be fair though, you guys have a lot of good bodybuilding equipment there. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it, we, we you still know. try and like, you know, cover all the bases, but it's just the experience, obviously, a little different. Like, sounds yeah. like with the Paradise Gym. Um, I haven't got a chance to go down there. Like, I, I don't even think the, the last time I was in Miami, I don't even think the Ghost Gym was open yet. Looks sweet. And then uh, the Paradise Gym, too, from what I've seen, also looks like definitely one I'd like to check out. But yep. um, so one of the things that we want to, and I actually want to talk about this, too, and, you know, could be kind of like a good way to cap everything off. But so what's, and I, I would, I would kind of want to more so even here, maybe like outside of lifting, but like lifting goals, like long-term, do you have something that's going to be like the end all be all or like the ultimate goal that you'll build to check off? And I mean, then I also want to kind of talk more so like outside of like 
lifting as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, from the lifting perspective, my, my, uh, my motivation has always been competitive. You know, there are a lot of people you ask, they're like, I want to be the best lifter that I can be, or I want to continue to make progress. Like me, it's very cut and dry. I want to win. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and whatever weight class that comes in, I'll, I'll be happy to see it. I want, I want to win. I want to win convincingly. Um, and that's, you know, something that I feel like from a strength standpoint, I've, I've gotten closer to over the years. You know, like I said earlier on in this, in this podcast, like I, I think that the, the reason that the hype gets built up every year between me and Russ is that the strength is very much there, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like my execution has been dog shit, put to put it frankly, right? Um, but that's always been my goal. And, you know, I think that I can be honest enough with myself that, you know, I can, I'm going to win and there's not going to be an end all be all, right? Like you're going to win. It's going to feel good for however much time and you're going to get the whole what's next syndrome. Yeah. Right. So I recognize that, but I, I definitely want to check off gold medals, you know, in whatever weight class that might come, um, you know, outside of lifting, like my biggest life goal is just like, I want to have a loving family. I want a wife. I want, you know, a decent amount of kids. Like that's, that's the end goal. And that's kind of where a lot of the, um, you know, the, the effort is, is, is what the effort is motivated by. And a lot of these other ventures, coaching mm -hmm. the apparel side of things. Um, you know, I'm putting a lot of effort in the, the educational side of things as well mm -hmm. when it comes to coaching, because I feel like with powerlifting, we're kind of in this golden age of both powerlifting and powerlifting programming where you're not going to find the methodology in any sort of textbooks or in any forums or even on YouTube that is going to yield the most successful athlete outcomes. It's like the coaches who are at the top right now are the ones who hold that information. Um, and to like tease it, we don't have any specifics to give out yet just because we don't want to, mm -hmm. but myself and a couple other coaches are working on a platform to disseminate this kind of information. Um, all the motivation behind that really is to set myself up to be able to, you know, prioritize a smaller roster in the future, satisfy the creative desires, satisfy the educational desires that I have, you know, but be able to live this, you know, family life that mm -hmm. I, that I want to have one day. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really the, the end goal if you had to ask for it yeah. you know, for me. No. Yeah, man. I agree. I feel like just having some flexibility, being able to kind of provide for like a family. Yep. Like that's, I feel like that's probably most people's like, I don't know if you'd call it an end goal, but maybe well, like, you never know nowadays. A lot of people don't want kids. Yeah. That's want to get married. Well, and yeah, that's true too. I mean, I'm in no rush. I'm trying to hold off. How old are you? <laughs> 26. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you still got plenty there of time was, as there well. There was, you know, it's funny though. Cause like there was a, uh, it was like two, it was like maybe two years ago or a little under two years ago. Cause you know, you think of, I saw a meme like a few years back that was like, when did the transition happen when your friend tells you they're pregnant between saying, oh my God, and like, congratulations. But like a little less than two years ago, I had the moment where I was like, I'm ready. Like I could have a kid right now and I'd be stoked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not in, in any rush in the sense, like I'm going to, I'm forcing it, but yeah. I totally could, could be ready to raise a kid right now really? if I had to. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got like two dogs and they kick my ass. I'm like, <laughs> shit, I'm, I'm like still like trying to get a house for my dogs. Well, it's that's like, a tough thing. I don't it's even want Everything wanna... is so expensive yeah, and it's just it's harder crazy. to, to, even if you want that, it's like, all right, I have all these financial constraints that just make it so much more difficult to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah housing market right now is fucking, well, it's actually like settling down a little bit. I'm actually happy. I'm like, always keep my eye open. Shit was weird for a while. 
people are paying like 20% more than the listing price. The listing price is already high. I'm like, nah, I ain't doing that. I mean, it's horrendous, dude. Down yeah. in Miami, like you're not buying anything for less than a million dollars. Like it's wow. See, like around here, it's like 500,000. Like yeah. if you want anything like, you know, I mean, you could get some decent stuff. Like if you want something like remotely nice, 500 is the minimum. And I mean, like, again, if you want nice, you're like 657. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I can imagine Miami's kind of brutal, huh? Yep. And it's just like, I feel like, you know, my biggest thing, I just want a yard for my dogs. Yeah. That's it. Like, I just want a yard. Yeah. I'm like, the house, obviously, I want it to be fairly nice, but I'm like, I just need a house for my dogs. So, yeah. Miami's got to be brutal for yards, right? Like, I feel like everything down there is a little bit more, eh, things around here are even kind of tight, but down there, I feel like there's not a lot of room for, well, that's the thing. There, there is, but those areas are, are Super expensive. expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're in, uh, you know, I think of Pinecrest or, I mean, I'm naming things that you're probably not familiar with. But at any rate, you know, if you're outside of the city, it's mm -hmm. like you can have a yard. You can have a nice house in the suburbs, but yeah. it's running you a million. You know, if you want something super nice, maybe, you know, two million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know it's steep. We better sell some more T-shirts. Yeah, right. <laughs> Start an OnlyFans. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Now you can do the Instagram subscription. See yeah, that? Right? I, didn't, I, I always get those notifications. <laughs> so, like, I'm sure you get it, too, where it's like, Someone just sets that up. Like yep. they don't even start providing anything. Yeah. And Instagram tells you like, oh, sign up for whoever's yeah, I've exclusive gotten a few. content. You could tell it's like, <laughs> I feel like it's like the people that you almost suspected probably had it anyway. But maybe, I don't know, maybe they just didn't promote it. But it's in like, it pops up as the Instagram thing. You're like, all right, maybe, maybe they're, I feel like the Instagram subscription is like the classy way to do it. Then again, who knows? I don't know. I've never, I've ne I haven't even seen a subscription. Well, I think that just because of OnlyFans, the connotation of it, we immediately think of as sexual. Yeah. And meanwhile, someone could be setting something up like totally, totally honest business that is just exclusive. Yeah. But that's where our brain goes when I we know. see the notification. OnlyFans fucked it up. Fucked yep. it all up. Yep. All right, man. Um, what, where can people find you if they uh, if they want to check out more Sean Noriega content? Yeah, I think the primary place that you're going to see anything is on Instagram. Uh, Instagram handles at Hamstring Poppy. Um, YouTube channel, I admittedly have been dog shit about consistent posting, but that's just my name, Sean Noriega. Um, if you're looking for apparel, you go to TeamNori.com. If you're looking for coaching, you go to TeamNori.com. Admittedly, I am I'm full for coaching, but I have five fantastic coaches who work under me that have limited availability um yeah man that's that's pretty much it you nice know, instagram is where i spend most of my days yeah I'm sure you can do, you do any tiktok so i dude so my the creative director that i hired for my brand manages some like actually very like successful famous people on on tiktok and youtube and he's mm -hmm. always sending me stuff you need to post with you know this trend and post on this video this is the point where I've started to feel like an old man. And I felt this for the first time when I went to, there was a charity event in Colorado that uh, Elevate Barbell put on two, I think it was two years ago already. And that was where I first felt like an old man because they were setting up like Twitch streams for the whole weekend. Yeah. And I'm just looking at it and I'm like, this is where like my understanding of technology and social media ends. Like up until this point, this is where my understanding ends. And just like being on TikTok, seeing how people pick up on the trends. And then just also like, Knowing how the algorithm works of just having to spam it yeah. constantly, multiple times a day, I just, I don't know, can't be bothered. Yeah, TikTok's r r rough. Like, I, yeah. I have, like, literally now, like, 
multiple people that are like supposed to focus on TikTok is like, I don't want fucking anything to do with it. Like, and I know that I should. I really know that I should. You know, I used to coach, um, you know, who Max Taylor is the redhead kid with the mustache on TikTok. Does he have like the curly hair? Is he yeah, curly red hair, jawline, he... mustache. He just makes like videos in his room. Yeah. I used to coach him and he has like 10 million followers on TikTok. Like dude Damn. is blown up and he's posting like four or five times a day. Everything is like relevant with the current viral trend on TikTok. Yeah. I'm like, that has to be so exhausting. That's what I'm thinking. Like people don't realize how hard it is to keep up with like any platform yep. trends and just consistently posting, you know, especially if you want to make it like anything somewhat quality yep it's it's like you literally almost like need a person for each platform like i mean if you really want to do it right or i don't know maybe you do like if you're if you're somebody who's like straight up influencer and that's all you're focusing on like you could probably do everything yourself but it's like man like i don't know i just don't have the interest in doing that shit like it's hard enough for me to post on instagram like i only most recently like just started i'm like all right i'm gonna try and do one a day on instagram like yeah i don't know shit's fucking so it's it's definitely a flaw of mine where I'm just like, you know, I think of like posting stuff on TikTok. It's almost like I'm like, okay, like what value are you providing? Like granted, it's, you know, it's there's, as we just said, like a lot of effort and consistency that has to go into it, which is a pro- positive quality that we view in anything that we do. Mm-hmm. But I have this mindset where I'm just like, all right, this is not like, this isn't a skill set. I'm not, you know, I'm not putting effort. It's not like something intellectual. It's not something that's like built up. It's just like a frivolous sort of thing where mentally I just kind of check out or, or lose interest in doing it. But yeah. obviously if, if this is something that, you know, either the, on the apparel side or the just general influencer side, I want to grow. It's like, well, suck it up. This is the direction it's going. Yeah. I mean, and with you too, like I kind of wanted to like say, like, I feel like, you know, you had the acting, you kind of have that acting passion I feel like like skits and shit like that that's also always money yeah. you know what i no, mean, I mean like about a few years ago russ and i did the did the we did the shit power lifters say video that yeah though yeah, has I like I, seven eight hundred thousand views on youtube like yeah. it, it did really well um and like i had written the script for all of that like it was a ton of fun to do you know when we were down in in out at alpha elite doing it i was just like all right we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this just like directing you know the the guys around to mm-hmm to shoot whatever and like I have fun with that um yeah but at the same time like I said it's just it's I think of where my my mental energy is like best placed yeah and it's like coaching apparel and then just like everything else just gets put on the back no yeah that's that's smart I same thing kind of going back to the the last podcast I did with like them it's like it, when you when you kind of talk to somebody that's like having success with something it's like they're very very focused on kind of like that one thing I feel like in you know in your case you know you the coaching goes hand in hand with like you know you can do the apparel as well it's not like they're still you you know what yeah, i mean it's not mutually it's exclusive. not like you're it's not like you're trying to start like a cooking service also on the side like which would also kind of be you but it's at the same time like that's <laughs> yeah. kind of a little bit off off the focal point so that's always something like that's something i try and like remind myself on the daily literally made the post today from that podcast like stay in your lane like stay in your lane stay with the direction that you want to go with what you're doing yep try not to get it's easy to get pulled like you know and i'm sure you you've had pr- plenty of opportunities that probably like people throw throw out your way sean you want to do this and you're like sounds cool but it's like you know if you start kind of grabbing at all of those 
you end up nowhere. You know what I mean? You end yep. up just not where you want to be with what you're actually passionate about and what your focus is. So yep. could be a little good end end point, guys. Yep. Stay focused. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say as we wrap this up? No, man. I think I think we're good. Covered everything. I, I really appreciate you having me on. As oh, yeah. always, dude, I fucking love training here, man. It's, it's yeah. a fantastic time. Awesome. Great to hear. Always good to have you up here. And we will be getting Sean back. Stay tuned. Details to come. Aiming for a January event. Yep. All right, man. Appreciate yep. it. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for the scotch as well. Absolutely. We're out. <laughs>